All right, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Ed Carberhall here with Matthew Hawkins, as always. Here to do a quick recap of the weekend's fights. We had two in one night, Matt. I don't know how you did it. I know it was rough for me looking at my phone and watching a pay-per-view in a bar. I had uh, I had two 60-inch big screens going in my living room, so <laughs> I managed to pull it off. But uh, probably not as much entertainment as you had uh, at the bar. I know. Uh, I know. Oh. By the end of uh, UFC, you were you were at wit's end. It seemed like uh, after some of your Twitter posts. Oh yeah, I had a guy that. There's a guy sitting next to me that looked like the BTK killer, uh, <laughs> and uh, I forget what else happened. I mean, plus I was in New Jersey watching it, which is always interesting. So. Um, yeah, man, but uh, it was definitely, uh, I mean, there were so many amazing things going on. Um, I don't know, man, I, I, I did like the pacing of Bellator. Um, I didn't like the, the even on the pay-per-view portion of the UFC, I didn't like that. But um, obviously a lot, of, uh, a lot of interesting things happened on both cards. I, I don't know what peaked, what peaked you uh, or what, what, what did you find most interesting first? Well, I mean, going into the weekend, uh, I was actually way more interested in the Bellator card, mm. uh, considering you had a champ versus champ fight, the Patricio Pitbull and, and Michael Chandler, uh, two of my current, you know, top entertaining fighters to watch yeah. across the board, really. And then uh, also the, the Walter White tournament, uh, Douglas Lima, I figured he'd go in and I thought he would honestly uh, take care of Michael Page pretty easily, but I thought it would be with wrestling. Uh didn't turn out that way. <laughs> still, pretty, still pretty amazing finish, though. I mean, oh, it was the knockout of the weekend. So anybody yeah. that didn't see it, uh, Douglas Lima uh, finished uh, Michael Page, knocked him out cold, thirty seconds or so into the second round. Uh, the first round was pretty uneventful. Uh, Lima, uh, Page was was doing all right on the feet. Lima eventually got a takedown, uh, which was kind of uh, instigated a bit by Page, kind of getting in tight on him. Lima grabbed him, was able to get him down to the ground. Uh, but once they were down on the ground, uh, Page used the, the handcuff hold and didn't allow Lima to even get a single strike off, uh, really, in the in the final two and a half minutes or so of the first round. Third round came out, obviously, back on the feet, and uh, Page landed a shot kind of the side of uh, Lima's head, wobbled him a, bit, a little bit, uh, came in for the kill, and uh, that's when Lima uh, basically swept the leg and, yeah, Hadouk, man. Hadouk and uppercutted him. So he, he kicked the front leg out. Page went down to the ground. And as he was trying to scramble to get up, Lima timed a perfect uppercut right on the chin. Shut uh, him off. It was crazy. Tur- turned him off. Yeah, yeah, like you said. So I don't know. I The right the guy I thought was going to win won. Um, yeah. I believe I picked Lima to win the tournament prior to the start. Um, I was leading him, in, him or Korshkov. I thought the winner of that fight was... I thought the winner of that fight would, would be the, the favorite yeah. going through this. Um, and, uh, you know, unless Gracie has a tremendous performance against McDonald, I think uh, I think Lima's got to be the favorite going into the final. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I actually see the final being uh, between him and Gracie only because of, uh, you know, McDonald's um, change in attitude or focus or whatever you want to call it. Um, who knows? He might He might turn it around. Uh, but in a few weeks, cause that's June 14th. So, but, um, I don't know. I mean, coming off of a fight, uh, that soon, 
Um, I think just the the that might that particular fight might favor the the more well rested man and Gracie will. I just see him advancing it against uh, Lima at the end of this thing. But um, uh, yeah, you had mentioned um, Pitbull and uh, and Chandler, man. That that certainly uh, that didn't go the way I expected it to go. I mean, I don't know about you. I thought the stoppage was was early too. I, mean, I felt like he kind of got Max Holloway a little bit, uh, you know, much like, uh, or I'm sorry, not Max Holloway, uh, uh, TJ Dillashaw, very similar. I thought to a little bit of the, uh, his fight with Cejudo. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not as much action. Cejudo actually landed a few, a few more punches. It was hard to tell. Uh, I didn't think Chandler was out, but then there was a second on the ground where he basically looked like he was out and I couldn't really find the punch that would have done it um, unless it was one of those ground strikes. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I always lean towards the, a couple extra punches. I've said it before when, when we're dealing with a, a fight of this magnitude and yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I thought Chandler would win the fight going in Uh great win for Pitbull. Uh, another two division champion. That seems to be the fad right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, it seems to me the smaller guys are winning all these championships, uh, these dual championships. It makes me really wonder how important these weight classes are. Yeah, I mean, um, I think uh, as far as the stoppage goes, I mean, Chandler was rising, you know, he was getting up. So I, I would have, I mean, you know, he should have kind of let it go a little bit, I think. I think if if he put him down again. But Chandler, I feel like just Chandler just gets – you know, it reminds me of when he fought here in New York against uh, against Primus, who who that was a legit technique that he he made he nullified you know with the calf kick and he made his foot fall asleep and all that stuff, but uh, you know like pulling the stool out from underneath him and all those, all that other stuff that happened. I just feel like when when uh, when Chandler gets these really big hyped up fights, something always happens to kind of jinx it. Like I I see him if they do fight again because Chandler is such an animal. I mean, he's probably going to be gunning for that belt again anyway. I know his contract is still relatively new when he re-signed with them not that long ago. So I um, I don't know. I definitely see them fighting again. I, I know uh, Pitbull said he's not looking uh, to do a rematch. He, he said he'd rather he fight his brother again. I, I have a feeling that's because of the, that, the, uh, the featherweight tournament coming up. He's likely going to be in it, and uh, so that'll probably keep him out of any fights with Chandler. But... um. That's definitely a fight. We're going to see that again. I'm pretty sure well, we're going to see that yeah. again. Yeah, no, I think so for sure too. And if Pitbull's going to, if Pitbull's going to enter the 16 man tournament, uh, which is bound to take at least a year of action, I mean, most likely a year and a half, almost yeah. two years, probably to complete. Then I think he has to either give the belt up. Um, perhaps he kind of holds it for ransom and says Chandler and his brother for the title. He can kind of use it as some leverage to get his brother, his, uh, his due title shot again. So that might be something where, where it would make sense. Um, and then if Chandler were to, to beat his brother again, then it sets up uh, yeah. a rematch with Patricio uh, and perhaps after the tournament. So or I don't know. How about, how about, how about, uh, he, he relinquished you, when you say relinquish the title, you mean the 55 or the 45, the 55. Cause I assume his belt yeah. will be on the line throughout the 45 pound tournament, much like, mcdonald's is right now i mean that would yeah make well sense to me only reason i'm thinking i'm i'm thinking if he stays at 55 and just relinquishes the 45 then it just makes the tournament that much more interesting um you know for every competitor that gets 
that gets picked in it. I think they're going to announce those when they do their media stuff in New York too, like whoever's in it. Yeah, I mean, if he's in the tournament, I think he keeps the belt. I don't think, mm. you know, but perhaps now he, he sees that he's got some fame and fortune and he sits out, defends the tries to defend the lightweight title, and then is there just to meet the winner of the tournament uh, for the belt. I mean, that would work just as well. You know, the winner of the, the featherweight tournament would get a, a title shot against him after he fights Chandler or uh, or whoever else could potentially be in line at, at lightweight. Um, so, but... Well- what was your take on? Uh, I mean, we since we're talking about, it, I, I just figured I'd ask you because I know I, I texted you about it. What's your take on on what they're doing with uh, Jack Swagger slash Jake Hager? Uh, you know these guys that are, uh, you know, they're like one and one. I mean, on, I I feel like so like on one side I'm like okay on paper it makes sense because Jack Swagger is one and two and zero oh now, but you know like on paper it makes sense. They're heavyweights. They're relatively new promotional rec, you know, pro, uh, pro fighters. So on paper, it makes sense. But then, you know, you see all this comments and stuff when they have them standing next to each other. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know how to feel about it. Well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, you can get a, a one and O fighter or a one in one fighter that doesn't look like they you know, <laughs> ha- haven't trained in seven years. You know what I mean? I, I, uh, I think that that I think the optics of it aren't necessarily great. Uh, I, I mean, I, both guys he's fought look like they basically came off the farm and and haven't had any kind of real training. I mean, they're not in shape. I yeah. mean, you know, I guess uh, Jones lost like sixty pounds just to make weight for this fight. So I, I think he hadn't fought since two thousand nine or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, in a yeah. sense for him, it's great. He it forced him to lose a bunch of weight, might save his life in the long run. But I just don't, <laughs> you know, I don't. Uh, I, I think that there's got to be other guys. Uh, and I don't know if you necessarily need to have somebody with no experience. It seems yeah. like there's plenty of old heavyweights that are on the ultimate fighter that you could bring in that have a little bit of name value, maybe have 10 fights, you know, under their belt, but just, you know, got, you know, I know the UFC just had a heavyweight uh, ultimate fighter not too long ago. And I mean, some of those guys, it seems like they, they would have more, more value and, and at least put them in there with somebody athletic. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I know you picked Jones to win. I think it was more of a. I did I, it to to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was more of a little bit of a rib on your part on on some of your pro wrestling friends and stuff like yeah. that. But and, and, I, and I get it. I mean, you know, yeah. it's one of those things. You don't really you don't know anything about him. You don't know yeah. if Hager can take a punch or not. We well, don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this because uh, when I submitted my picks, uh, in all honesty, I had full disclosure. You know, when I submit my picks to uh, on Sure Dog for that event. I actually just forgot to pick that fight. So uh, one of the editors emailed me. He was like, you didn't say anything for, uh, you know, a Hager versus Jones. And I was like, you know what? As punishment to myself, I'm just going to pick Jones. <laughs> and I, yeah. I picked him. But uh, I, not for nothing, you know, I I don't mind rooting for the underdog. I mean, if, if he would have landed a lucky punch, if, if, if he had even got to that point, I would have been happy for him. I mean, the guy seemed happy to be there. That's what, one thing that I noticed. Both his opponents were super happy to just be, you know, involved with all of that. So I think that's pretty cool for them that they're so happy about it. But uh, I don't know. I, I, like you said, I mean, the guy, the guy has been a uh, in-ring athlete, you know, for pro wrestling, and that's something you have to stay in shape for. So it's not like I don't know. It's I think when they when guys transition from pro wrestling. You have to take into account that they are always active physically, 
and the regardless of their skill set in martial arts, they definitely have a a high high tolerance for pain. Yeah, so. I mean, and he's you know he's a he's a former All American wrestler and stuff like yeah. that. We're not we're not talking about you know this isn't CM Punk per se, mm-hmm. you know, um, who who you know, maybe did Taekwondo on the weekends for four years or something like that. We're we're talking about you know a, a guy who wrestled at a high level and and has been in shape and and competing and albeit a, a predetermined matches still still some form of of athletic competition for for the previous you know fifteen twenty years and. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's the optics. I don't think it's the records of the guys he's fighting. I just think that they're mm. picking guys. It's like, you know, I mean, if he said he was 325 when they called him, what what list are you going off of where his name comes <laughs> up? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that would, <laughs> that would yeah. be my thing. It's like, where where's your pool of fighters? Who's Richard Chow? Or Rich Chow, you know, who's, who's he calling and who's he, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously... I don't know. That's that's where I, my question would rise. I get that they're happy to be there. I mean, if you're if you're if you're that guy and you're going to get paid some money, you get to be on TV, you get a chance at some glory, and you're fighting a guy who's probably. I mean, he could hurt you. Don't don't get me wrong, but he hasn't gone out there and you know he doesn't lead me to believe that he's going to go out there and just maul somebody at this point. I mean, he's taking people down, submitting them, um, doing what he should do. Uh, but I feel like it's time for him now. He's got to have to fight somebody with a little bit of. Uh, athleticism and a little bit of, you know, he's got to fight somebody he's not a thousand, you know, a, a minus thousand favorite over, I think. I think we got to get yeah. a little bit of competition. Uh, and and I don't know. I don't know who that man are you, is. Are you, are you uh, just uh, exaggerating? Or are those the actual odds now? Right? I, I, I mean, I'm not sure, but it's oh. got to be at least that. I wouldn't, I'd mm. say he's at least a 10 to 1 favorite. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not quite that much. Maybe everybody thought there's a puncher's chance. But I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody really truly thought that that Hager would lose that fight I I don't think Bellator did I don't think Bellator would put him in there with yeah. the fight where they nah, think he, I, I was suck. just I was just uh, that like I said I was I was punishing myself and I, and and you're obviously I mean because I texted you you know I was right about I was taking a shot at uh, uh, Jeff and and Danny and all you all you pro wrestling uh all you pro wrestling herbs so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I get it. I, I, I even kind of laughed and thought about, you know, he, he it, it was, the, it was the fun chance because yeah. he had a little bit of charisma and people. He was the talk of the, talk of the internet for, for a day or so after the weigh-in. So yeah, there was that. So there was that fight. So he wins. Hager wins first round. Uh, triangle, arm triangle, second arm triangle win. Uh, in his two bouts. Nice uh, setup two, too. I mean, I don't know if you saw that breakdown with Robin Black. That was pretty good. Uh, he's got a nice little detail where. Where he tilts the opponent to the side using his own big ass hands. Um, if you haven't seen that, check that out on Robin Black's Twitter feed. It's been so no, pretty nice. I, I, mean, I haven't seen that. Yet, but he had a nice transition into it, and uh, I don't know. I just think it's time for a little step up in competition. He's not young, so uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it gets to the point now where I'd like to see how he would do against somebody like, you know, I don't know. I, I, he's Matthew too- Hawkins. No. <laughs> uh, I could go in there and not land a punch and get submitted just to, to, to opponents, yeah. but uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But uh, another win for him, and and he obviously got the crowd against him, so he's kind of got that uh, that villain going thing going for him right now that that could potentially work uh, and helps help draw some eyes to his fights. Mm-hmm. Um, the other fight of notes on the main card, Antonio or AJ McKee, I'm sorry, the son of Antonio McKee uh, stays, stays perfect, uh, beats Pat Curran and really his biggest step up to date. 
Kern yeah. hasn't competed in a couple of years. Not the most exciting fight in the world, but but McKee moves to fourteen and zero, and really, uh, really is is well in line now for a title shot against uh, yeah. Pitbull. If Pitbull does something prior to the tournament, maybe even that. I don't know if you'd make that your first round matchup, but maybe you do. You did yeah. Korshkov. You did Korshkov and Lima in the other one. Maybe you do Pitbull and McKee and and get that and get, you know, and that way if yeah. he wins, Pitbull frees back up, and, and then he's got available for a fight with, with yeah. Champ a few months and down. They, they certainly stirred it up enough if you watch all the media, like the press conference and stuff, so there's definitely, that's definitely a fight to make and, and soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it, it I always feel like you need to strike when it's hot because you never know when somebody's going to blow a knee out in training or, yeah. you know, if guys are healthy and able to fight, I feel like it's, it's time to... Uh, it's always best to just sign these fights and, you know, especially at a time now when uh, viewership and stuff's in question for, for the UFC and, uh, Oh yeah. Build your stars. And right now, I mean, you know, uh, I thought Chandler would win the fight. And I thought we'd be talking about him being one of the great pound for pound fighters are current, but really, I mean, Patricio Pitbull is, is as big of, you know, as good of a fighter as anybody else in this world right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he truly is. He's 29 and four, uh, avenged all of his losses, but one, uh, which I think was a, uh, a split decision to somebody. I can't recall <clears throat> off the top of my head, but, uh, you know, so I don't know. That was the Bellator card. And then uh, simultaneously, uh, we in down in Brazil, uh, yeah. they had, we had the UFC card going, uh, not well, the most lo- loaded card of all time, but no, no. But before we get into that, just, uh, one, one, le- one final thing about obviously, t- uh, MMA communities had uh, Taiwan Claxton do a Q&A, and he, he also won this past weekend. And, and the, there's a highlight of him flowing around and him talking to 50 Cent in the middle of his fight from the cage side. So congrats to Taiwan Claxton. He, uh, maybe we'll try and get him on here in the future. Uh, obviously, he's a fan of the MMA community.com. So, but, um, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm the, I feel like I, I almost – what you just said about the UFC, I um, – I almost didn't go out to the bar. I thought about staying home just to watch Bellator. Yeah, I mean, the UFC card had some name value. If you're a hardcore fan, it's hard to to miss yeah. any kind of uh I'm sorry. The, the NBA drafts got their lottery going right now. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's catching in the corner by the Lake the Lakers just moved to the top 4 spots, which is big for me. But um yeah, I mean, if you're a hardcore fan, the uh Anderson Silva and Aldo on a card, you, you know, you're not missing. You're not going to miss that, you know, yeah. even at this time. Exactly. In there. Yeah. And as it turns out, I mean, in a card with BJ Penn and, and little Noguera, I mean, it was everything that uh, a hardcore fight man would want. Unfortunately, the, the results didn't, <laughs> didn't exactly go well. Yeah. Um, we didn't get the, we got old school names, but no, we didn't get the old school results. That's for damn. No, uh, on the prelims, BJ Penn uh, took another loss in a row. His seventh loss in a row, setting an all-time UFC record for most losses in a row. Uh, that guy just sh- needs to stop. Uh, for a sure Hall of Famer and, and one of the – at one time. I mean, I, I always believe that your legacy is built at your peak and not not on your downfall. So, for me, he's always he's always going to be an all-time great and yeah. ar- arguably a top – you know, he's, he's a top three all-time lightweight in, in the history. Well, I mean, we're getting some good guys going right now. So, I mean – He's always going to be a, a top ten, great light heavyweight, and for the first you know twenty years of the sport, he was he was the greatest. Uh, now you got guys like Khabib and, and uh, Cowboy, and I mean a bunch of other guys starting to make names for himself. But until guys win multiple championships and 
and uh, and defend them than than uh, pins pins right there. So yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, obviously he's got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm, and I'm, I know we don't like to talk about stuff like that on the on this podcast because we're we're just about the fights and the athletes and 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 a little maybe a little bit we'll we'll we'll, we'll We'll complain as, as fans about the the, the rising cost of, of being a fan of the sport, but uh, you know, like with everything he's got going on in his personal life, um, you know, and uh, the UFC's already got some questionable uh, f- uh, folks on their roster that that uh, you know, controversial figures. Uh, you know, the legacy he has is, was good enough that I think he should just step away, man. I mean. I, Luke Thomas was saying something on his uh, on the MMA hour yesterday, where uh, like the folks around him are not they're not helping him because they're all he's he called them all complicit in uh in adding to uh, the the ass whoopings he's catching. He well, did a good uh, first round though. I mean he had a good, yeah. I, I mean uh, I uh, I don't look at it as that dramatic. I I think we're talking about a guy who's probably looking to try to get a win on his way out the door. You know, and, and the competitive, when you have guys that are this competitive, I don't really blame him for that. Yeah. You know, I think the bottom line is that if anything, the UFC is probably doing him wrong. The UFC should have probably let him go three or four fights to go and then go to a Bellator or go to a Ryzen or go somewhere else and get that, get that final win. Uh, maybe he didn't want that. Uh, but there's really not many guys on the, on the lightweight roster short of them finding a, uh, you know, a tombstone Thomas or whatever to, uh, <laughs> to, to, come, to come into uh, yeah, yeah, the lightweight yeah, division. Yeah. And that wouldn't do him any, uh, any good either at this point. So I don't know. It, it's a really tough situation and it, uh, it really uh, highlights the end of the career for most of these guys in MMA. Uh, it doesn't end well. It usually doesn't end well. He's not getting KO'd brutally, which is, which is nice. Uh, it's not the Chuck Liddell finish. It's not the Rich Franklin finish, you know, where, where, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the BJ Penn finish and the BJ Penn finish, unfortunately is just losing a ton of decisions over the last 10 years in a row. So yeah. I don't know. It's a shame that a lot of people will never, uh, will never truly appreciate what he did in the past. Um, luckily there is fight pass and YouTube and, and, you know, anybody who's a true fan of the sport can still go back and, and watch his great performances. And, you know, I'm happy I got to see him in his prime and, uh, you know, always be one of the guys that you, you bought tickets to go watch. So that yeah. was on the prelims. He lost a decision to Clay Guida, uh, 29-28, basically. I think one judge gave it 30-27. Um, you know, so that was legend number one going down. Uh, <sighs> Antonio, uh, Little Nog, Noguera. Yeah. Uh, he suffered another loss. Uh, hasn't been quite the pin loss record, but uh, – I think this. I think he's two and four in his last six now, and uh, unfortunately, he's the other way. He's getting brutally knocked out uh, between uh, Rumble Johnson and this time was Ryan Spann, who's a young up and coming fighter, but not somebody that historically you would have would thought would have uh, disposed of uh, an O'Gara brother the way he did. So that was a little bit disturbing. Um, and uh, then the main card. I mean, even Tiago Alves, another guy who's been around. Uh, his luck's not very good, and he suffered another loss yeah. uh, on his way up, and then and then we get to the big names, and uh... yeah, and, and that was one that I thought he he could have won only because I mean I was worried about obviously the the age difference and and uh, the the record of um, 
uh, uh, Loriano Staropoli. Staropoli, yeah. And, uh, uh, Staropoli, I, mean, I was going to say the Argentinian guy. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he came in, uh, obviously, uh, I, I thought, I looked at it, who he fought, and I'm like, all right. I thought experience would have uh, would have been the leader in that fight, and Tiago Alves could have pulled it off. But man, like you said, I mean, none, none of these. I'm not. I th- I think I said it on Twitter. I'm I'm not betting any more cards in Brazil. No, I mean it's it, well. This was a rare one. Usually, it's the Brazilians who sweep the card, and um, Brazilians had trouble in this one. Uh, you know, like I said, from that. I mean, uh, and you know, you had Nogueira go down, then you that was followed. Uh, Betch Correa went down to Arena Aldana uh, by a nice armbar finish. Yeah, Aldana's a, a really a rising star um, in the female uh, 135 pound division. Um, but then we get to the the middle of the main card and uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and Jose Aldo. Uh, we didn't do predictions for this show. I I, I was kind of leaning towards Volkanovsky, just thinking that you know at some point the new guards got to take over, and mm-hmm. um, he really did. He came in, shut down Jose Aldo, went uh, he won a unanimous decision. Um, yeah. Aldo didn't look like the Aldo that we saw against Stevens and and some yeah. of the other guys, but. Uh, and you but, thought that would have happened in Brazil, like you said. I mean, um, about especially when 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 the Brazilian fighters get to fight in Brazil. I actually had him picked to win for that reason. But uh, man, whew. yeah, I mean, Volkanovski is <laughs> yeah. a badass. Uh, we found out yeah. yesterday that Max Holloway is actually going to fight uh, Frankie Edgar at UFC 240 at the end of July, which is a little bit surprising. Not so much surprising, but with the win for Volkanovski, I, I would have thought that. Um, he would have uh, possibly slipped into that spot, but I guess he had some health issues getting out of Brazil. Yeah, um, he had a, a blood infection of all things, which is weird. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know how exactly that works. Sorry. Yeah, Lakers, I don't know. Lakers, I, I, Lakers got the fourth pick. Knicks got the third pick. So <laughs> I um, don't know. I, I I don't know how long it takes to to cure or get a, a fight off a blood infection, but um, yeah, man, I mean. Better he he you know you you want a strong Volkanovski fighting any any of those guys so yeah yeah I mean uh yeah so and I don't think it really kills him that much I mean he uh, that fight will happen in July and he'll be ready for the winter come October November um, which puts him right in line for possibly uh, Madison Square Garden uh, which I believe is going to be November second this year mm-hmm. uh, for UFC I think it's two forty four. If that uh, if that goes down, it, it puts him right on schedule for that or their end of the year uh, big event. So it, it's something that he can uh, he can look forward to and train and really really get ready for for Max. And you know, it doesn't hurt to have an, your the champion have to fight another fight and get a little bit more wear and tear on him if uh, you know you want to get become the champion. So, uh, but yeah, Aldo didn't look great. Volkanovski uh, unanimous decision and uh, the next uh, next contender now at 145. Uh, co-main event, Jared Canier, uh, Anderson Silva. Oh, man. A uh, fight that didn't make much sense for me from the start. Uh, don't understand really the whole theory behind even having Silva take this fight. It doesn't. 44 uh, years old, too. Like, I don't get, I mean. I mean, I get why he's trying to fight. I mean, he's looked fair in his fights. Um, I still hold to the fact that uh, Adesanya didn't, didn't want to yeah. do this to him. Um the fans that didn't see or see the highlights, Kenny Air landed a uh, basically brutalized him for the first, you know, four and a half minutes of the of the first round. 
you know, not brutalized him, but was controlling the fight, uh, landed some good leg kicks, and then he finally landed a, a inside leg kick on on Silva's right uh, leg, uh, right at the knee, and um, it seemed to do some serious damage to Silva, who obviously has had leg issues in the past. Um, in yeah, his fights. and he said uh, that his, his leg was bothering him during the camp, which is kind of like, I mean, if, if you're having knee issues in, at this point in the game, at, at at that age, I mean, then maybe you need to start rethinking. And and uh, they were renego- They're in the process of renegotiating him for more fights too. From what I read that week of uh, fight week for that, which I'm, well, I, I hope I hope this changed the the tune of that. <laughs> I doubt it because that's the the UFC. I don't think it's signing guys to have them fight. I think it's signing guys to keep them from going to Bellator. Yeah. And I mean, we can talk about it as much as you want, but if Anderson Silva went to Bellator and put on 30 pounds and decided to fight Fedor, again, you get it. You know, there's certain fights that, that could be made that, that would be big news uh, across the board. And um, and I think that's why the UFC signing these guys to 10 fight contracts when they're 40 years old, uh, you know, and, and maybe they want to give Silva one final payday and, and lock him in for some money if he ever decides to fight. But I don't see him coming back from this. And I, I feel like they, I feel like it was a wasted fight on him, especially when you got Canier talking about how he's going to leg kick him um, or low mm-hmm. kick him, you know, and, and Silva's talking about having a, an injured knee. But I mean, unless unless it was dramatic, which I have no reason to believe Silva would be uh, in that case, his knee seemed like it took some serious damage. Uh, even in the replays, it looked like there was a little bit of a um, stress or, or separation almost going on in the knee. So I don't know. Uh but I mean, that puts you a year, year and a half away in rehabilitation and surgery. And that puts you at 45, 46 years old. I, I don't know. I, I just wish they would have, I don't know who to give him. I can't even think of names off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, hell, I would have rather them brought back Rich Franklin. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. like, you know, but, uh, or I don't, I don't know. Sign Tito Ortiz to a one fight contract. Town fight Tito Ortiz at two Oh five. I, you know, something hey, like Tito that. Tito Ortiz is busy in Combate America. Uh, what yeah. are you talking about? I, hey, good for Tito, Didn't you man. see the signing on, 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 on uh, Amy's Instagram, wherever the hell it was. <laughs> I saw some of that. Stuff. Yeah, hey, good, yeah. good for Tito, man. If Tito's getting paid and now he's going to get paid to go whoop up, uh, Dos Caros Jr. And, and <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what's going to happen. So good for him. 40. I think he's also 44 and, um, he's actually winning some fights, uh, which, like I said, great for him, man. If he's able to make money and not suffer any damage and, uh, and beat up guys like Chael Sonnen and, and Chuck Liddell and Dos Caros Jr. Then the, I mean, that's, he's genius really. If I, who knows what combates paired him They're they're obviously probably overpaying him. Uh, if, if, if he was a, if they were able to outbid anybody else who, who who might be in the interest of him? Obviously, that means probably Golden Boy was one and done, uh, which is not oh, really yeah, a surprise. Yeah. You know? I know he did that right in front of Oscar De La Hoya too, which was crazy because De La Hoya was sitting next to him and he signed a contract with somebody else. That I wonder if, if Campbell took that contract and went like that to him or something. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> deal was with De La Hoya. We, we you know, obviously he he uh, I don't you know it, <laughs> it it didn't make a lot of sense him to get even into MMA the way he did it. So, uh, then that, yeah, brings he, us to he handled the, that uh, wrong, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm from, sorry. Start, from start to finish yeah. promotion fights, everything he did in that fight. media. Cause media. they never responded to my, when I reached out to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then that brings us to the, the main event, uh, Rose Nama Yunus trying to defend her, uh, straw title for the, uh, second time. 
against Jessica Andrade. Uh, we didn't do predictions. I was going to pick Andrade to win. I thought she would storm her and uh, yeah. kind of out-muscle her. I didn't think that she'd pick her up and drop her on her head and KO her. Uh, yeah. But that's what happened. Uh, I mean, I I saw her. I picked her to win, and, and both were when I send, submitted my picks to Sherdog and for MMAnews.com. And um, I, in the MMAnews.com, they let me, you know, include details. And one of them was gonna was her strength. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that obviously was a factor. That was the only factor. But that was, that was kind of the only thing she had. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that fight again, only because outside of that little, little interaction of her getting lifted, because it happened twice. The first time she lifted her, it turned into uh, uh, two submission attempts. Um, the triangle and the armbar that she managed to squirm out of. Um, but uh, Rose had her otherwise. Technically, as far as their skill versus skill went, Rose was winning. So it looks like the, the brute strength was the major factor for Andrade to to get the, the KO the way she got it. But did you see that video of her supposedly tapping in the first, uh, the first yeah. lift? I don't think that's a tap. No, not at all. No, yeah. There was no reason to tap. I, I don't know. I uh, Rose looked great for the the first round. Uh, she looked. I mean, she her first round was probably the best. I, I was shocked at how good her striking was, how she was, what she was doing, how she was moving. I I would I was, I, I was thinking that you know I thought she was going to finish uh, Andrade. You know, yeah, thirty seconds into the fight, the way it started. But um, I don't know. I'm not so sure if if. This might not be a case where it's just somebody having somebody else's number. I uh, I mm-hmm. feel like uh, first of all, I feel like Nami Yunus going into this fight accepted those slams way too, you know, you know she was going for the Kimura lock. And I did you get a chance to hear any of the broadcast? No, they don't play the audio in uh, Buffalo Wild Wings because they're jerks. So it was actually pretty funny because it was basically five minutes of Dominic Cruz telling us that as long as she goes for the Kimura attempt, uh, Andrade can't pick her up and slam her over and over again, (laughs) over and over again, over and over again, even to the point where he's picking her, she's picking her up and she goes, Oh, well, she's got the Kimura. She can't slam her. And then one second later, she's unconscious (laughs) on the ground. So it was actually pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah, you know, kind of get, you know, it's kind of the lecture that some of the the guys give people and you're kind of going, you know, I just watched her pick her up and almost throw on her head the first time. You know, anybody who's watched this sport knows that you can't get slammed on your head multiple times. Eventually it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. She was either, she was either going to get arm barred or she was going to get knocked out with a slam. If you're going to, you know, if, if that's or your have, have vertebrae oh. damage or something. I mean, like that. initially I thought it was bad. You yeah. know, she kind of was, uh, I mean, she was out and she was flat and, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, you know, so that we have the new champion. I I've seen a lot of outcry on social media about trying to ban slams and stuff. It Come drives on. me crazy. It drives yeah. me crazy. It absolutely <laughs> drives me crazy. Slam, when I getting just, slammed in the cages is, is almost as old as MMA itself. You know, it drives me crazy every <laughs> yeah. time something, and it only is because it was Rose. Everybody loves Rose, and it was it was the poor little girl getting dropped on her head, and. That's just how it is. If the roles were reversed, people would have been talking about how, you know, they would have been calling Rose Rampage Nami Yunus. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's how, that's what it would have been, you yeah. know? And, uh, and, you know, I just don't want to see this. It's amazing seeing like major players in the, in the media yeah, game. That, that people uh, had to cite the unified rules to show that that was actually legal and, and, uh, 
I mean, it, it's fighting for Christ's sakes. <laughs> well, I mean, you had you had fighters that didn't know the rules. Yeah. And I know that there's NFL players who don't understand the overtime rules. I mean, I get that there's a little bit of that, but, you know, I, the fact that people don't understand the rules. I mean, I can't think of another sport where the fans have no idea what's going on half the time. And I hate to bash, <laughs> bash MMA fans, but they really don't. They don't know the they don't know the rules on on half of the stuff, and it's it's People a little darts and anacondas and vice versa. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 the technical you know yeah, that's yeah. the names and stuff. I'm talking about people who don't understand the you know the 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 kneeing rules or don't understand the the up kick rule or don't understand the, the you know the slap rule. You know, and I get there's some confusing <laughs> rules and stuff, but for the basic part, you know you can't soccer kick somebody on the ground and you just can't when they say spike somebody, basically it means pal drive them. Do what uh Bob Sapp did to, to Big Noguera. You can't yeah. do that. You can't pick somebody up between your legs and and drop, you know, be Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and and drop a, a you know a pal driver on him. Um, yeah. Other than that, you can pick somebody up, and if they're trying to break your arm, you can do whatever you want to do to stop them from breaking your arm. And, and, and uh, the thing is about about slams in general. I mean, I remember drilling, uh, drilling, getting slammed years ago. It was with it was actually at Dan Mary Gliata's uh, academy in Elizabeth, New Jersey, the one he had before he was a ref. Um, his grappling instructor was Eddie Rolone, who who fought some pro MMA back in the day, and uh, he taught the class. And it was they were teaching it was because of Rampage's slam over Ricardo Arona, and one of the things I mean the thing is with with when you when you're trying to be smart about it the best defense against it is actually if you watch uh, Sakuraba and, and Rampage Jackson you go limp noodle you know because then the slam turns into you, it just turns into you kind of hulking out and and there's a loose dude on you or a loose opponent on you so no damage is taken and you can still continue your grapple or whatever. It's when you hold on tight that you you it turns into this fifty fifty like a coin toss. Either you're gonna someone's gonna get knocked out or I'm going to get some submitted somehow. Uh, Mike Kimball in his last fight, same thing happened. He he was getting in a it was a triangle or arm it was a triangle I believe, and he picked the guy up and slammed him. The guy didn't let go. And Mike Kimball tapped, but now Mike Kimball's fighting in June and the, the, that guy's sitting with uh, three vertebrae in his neck broken. Yeah. So it's it really is a coin toss, but I mean, I think the safest bet is always to just do do the Sakuraba thing and go let go or go limp noodle, because then you get to fight another day and you don't have to have any of this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it was just you know it was spectacular and it was it was the highlight one of the highlight knockouts of the year. But yeah, I don't you just can't accept being picked up and slammed on your head and thinking you're gonna pull off a miraculous arm bar that's that's yeah. not a strategy in defending the the no. slam but um i don't know i don't know if it's something that rose will ever be able to stop per se you know she's you know i don't know if, if her, her build or anything is gonna you know stop her from not being able to be picked up by a, a much stronger you know more compact fighter like andrage so i don't know um you know and then we kind of got her speech afterwards <laughs> which is very rory-esque uh talking about not really wanting to fight and yeah, wishing she was a on a farm, farm and yeah. all that stuff. So I don't know if that's just nonsense. It's not nonsense. It might be what she truly believes, but uh, if that's the case, the UFC needs to not put her back in the cage anytime soon. Um, I don't think you can have that mentality and, and go in there and, and, you know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. If, uh, if that's really what she's thinking mentally, then I think it would be a crime for the UFC to put her in there and, and let her suffer potentially a, 
a life-altering life-altering fight but um but yeah she looked great up until the point of slam so we'll see if she all of a sudden gets home and decides that a rematch is what she wants or if she paves the way for uh possibly uh suarez or uh michelle waterson or uh you know the next contender there so but a really exciting weekend i mean uh everything kind of ended with a bang I, you know obviously the knockouts of the night where it was on drive slam and then the, the lima knockout in bellator um, no Bellator this week. I don't think we have any Bellator until uh, until you, your uh, your card out there in New York on the 14th of June. But uh, there is another mm-hmm. one of your uh, your favorite UFC on uh, whatever plus minus <laughs> divided by you know the the streaming service that I don't think anybody's really watching, but they're telling us a lot of people are uh, Rochester. Plus. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, speaking of that, did you see the the numbers i was i was seeing project projections of under fifty thousand uh before oh, for this the, for this last one i was seeing yeah i was seeing Meltzer. or somebody was projecting uh, uh around fifty thousand or less uh based off of the the numbers because they're saying that the other event uh did somewhere in the neighbor of a hundred maybe even a little less yeah yeah and uh, well, that i, think I the, did yeah i think the social media and the uh and everything uh was leading to this one maybe being only around but um I don't know. I thought the UFC promoted it terribly. I didn't see any promotions with Aldo or Anderson Silva. I was everything, just going to say that, yeah. Everything was just the girls, and uh, I mean, obviously, they can carry a card. You know, it's a great fight. They have every right to to be the headliner, but I thought that the fact that I didn't see Anderson Silva's face at all on Sports yeah. Center uh, was or ESPN on the banners or anything like that, I I thought was shocking. It it, it was shocking. You know, it's funny is like because uh, you know I train Saturday morning, so we always talk if there's big fights on Saturday night, we always talk about them. And when I told my training partners that follow this sport, uh, BJJ takedowns, the rolling with Simon, uh, a couple of guys that fight pro and amateur, and I said, yeah, and Anderson Silva's on this card. They looked at me like I, like they were like, when? When was that announced? And I was like, never. But 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 he's on the card. <laughs> he's on. He's fighting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're right about that, man. It's horrible. I don't know what they're doing over there, but they got to stop it. Or well, I think it up I think ESPN's gonna lose a ton of money. In the long run, this might I, I think they'd make more money just putting it on regular ESPN, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that they would get huge viewership and uh, sponsorship money. At this point, they've already paid the UFC, so uh, they're not recouping their money right now. I believe but they're, they're, they're not stopping. I mean, if you looked at their schedule for, the for I think, uh, third third and fourth quarter, it's it's the same. I, I think I probably saw maybe three or four ESPN red cards. Everything else is on plus or pay-per-view, so... They're not stopping. They're going all in this in 2019. So well, I mean, even if they just moved everything to plus, it would be a plus. I, I think the pay per view is what's killing them. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that uh, that does them any any uh, any favors. I, I just don't. I don't think they're selling it. If they, I think they're paying the UFC on average of somewhere around 400 thousand buys per show, is mm. based off the average. So I mean, if that's the case, they're they're already in the red. You know what? 350,000 buys on their first two shows. Uh, and that, that can't be good. Um, that, and I think my numbers are way off there. I think there's more like 700,000. Uh, um, so, uh, I mean, obviously things can change when, if the, if the first quarter or the first, I don't know how they do their finances. I'm no, no expert on that, but I imagine they're going to sit around a table one day and go, Hey, we just lost a billion dollars. And I, can't, <laughs> you know, that, that's gotta, that's going to have to be an interesting conversation. They yeah. have. So. I don't know, but with that said, uh, there is a fight card this weekend. Uh, Rochester, um, New York, 
not a huge card, uh, but the main event does have a little interest to it. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, Kevin Lee uh, is the main event. Five rounds at lightweight. Um, or actually, wait, no, it's 170. I'm sorry, this is a Walter Waite fight. Kevin Lee's mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I always like Dos Anjos. Uh, I feel like he takes terrible matchups. I think uh, he does himself no favor by fighting wrestler after wrestler after wrestler. Um, from Covington to to Usman, and uh, it just seems like he's always in there with somebody who's trying to grab him and hang on to him. And I, I kind of feel like the same thing might happen here with Kevin Lee. Mm. Uh, and and I I'm going to take Kevin Lee by by decision, five rounds, a uh, lot of wrestling is what I, I think yeah. is going to happen. You know, I always I I'm with you on that one. I always I always when I look at Kevin Lee now, I always look at his fight with uh, Ferguson. You know, I know he lost, but that was such a great fight, and and the way he, uh, just just the way he, uh, his persistence and and no quit attitude. I I, I think uh, Dos Anjos now has trouble with guys that with that type of uh, pressure and motivation, and and Kevin Lee. I mean, he's definitely a a go getter. So I'm 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 with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, he's coming off a, a loss to Raging Ally Akenta uh, by decision in a fight he was beat up pretty good in um mm-hmm. it's a must win really i mean if you're going to stay relative he is coming up to walter weight so he's leaving the lightweight division but uh i feel like it's it's more important for win for him at this point i mean it, it obviously dos Anjos, i think we've seen the best of him yeah uh, i don't think he's going to be a world champion again did you uh i don't know if you heard uh kevin lee uh he was on chill sonnen's podcast and he said that unofficially he was going to try we'll see on, on when they do the weigh-ins but he was that he was going to try to him and he was going to try to reach out to RDA and get him to agree to both of them trying to make 165 the day of the weigh-ins to try to like underline to argue for the 165 pound division. So I hope they can do it. I, I I don't know if regulatory this is something uh John could answer if he was on, but uh I don't know if the regulatory like athletic commission would let that go. Maybe because they're the same way, but uh we'll see. I guess we'll have to see on on Friday. Yeah, no, I think that would be fine. I think you can you, – because the weight division technically is 156 to mm. to 170. So as long as you're in that range, a lot of times, you know, they're not going to have somebody weighing at like 159. Mm. Um, but uh, there was about uh, – I think there was a female bout where somebody was about four or five pounds lighter mm. this past weekend. Um, oh, yeah, I, the, the Beth Correa was like eight pounds over, wasn't she? Well, she was over, but – but I mean, that's, that's usually something sloppy or some screw up. I'm talking about a light where a per, you know, a person takes a last minute fight and they come in oh, and, they're, okay. and they're, they're not, you know, they're from a division lower or something. Oh so. yeah. They do like the catch weight stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think there's a problem. I mean, if somebody waited at 170 when somebody waited in at 160, maybe they would rave what, you know, wonder what's going on. But uh, if they both came in at 165, I think it would be no, there shouldn't be any issue at all. It's the weight division is, is a, is a group of pounds. So I think it'd be fine. So. I don't know, but uh, you know that's what we got going on. I'm trying to think if anything else. I believe there's a one card. Um, I think Shinya Aoki fights again this weekend. Defensive um, belt. Yeah, there's a couple of fights. I know just uh, the other fights on Rochester. Megan Anderson versus uh, Felicia Spencer. They're both uh, former Invicta FC featherweight champions, and nothing, they technically never lost a belt, so they'll be fighting each other on this card. So it, it, it's kind of like an Invicta champ versus Invicta champ unofficially. If you're uh, you know, if you're a fan um, from uh, if you're an Invicta fan, it's, it's, it should be interesting to watch. Um, and then uh, that Desmond Green in, is on the card. 
and he's fighting uh Jordan, Charles Jordan. Um and uh that's the fight that Green that's his hometown. So he said he wanted to fight just to put him on the card, he'd fight anybody and this is the fight. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the card. It looks to me like uh honestly a couple of the prelims are actually the interesting fights. Uh female fight Aspen Lad 7 and 0. I know she's oh, had yeah. some issues getting fights. She fights Sajara Eubanks who uh who obviously has had issues making weight and cost herself some title shots and so on, but um that's a that's really a huge fight in the in in that uh it is at 135, so Eubanks is is coming up. She's not going to try to make 125, so we'll see how her strength and and everything pays off there. Lad's fought at 145 in the past. Um I think Lad yeah, we're going to find out how serious she is, too. Mm-hmm. I know she was initially scheduled to fight Holly Holm uh, before uh, Holm ended up getting moved into the title shot with uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Nunes. So, obviously, the UFC thinks uh, something of her, and I saw her fight several times in Invicta, and she was always impressive. So, that'll be an interesting fight. Um, did you watch the submission grappling event? On the submission underground? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, see, I didn't catch that. Um but I did see no. Did you? Did they say something? I think it was after the Jake Shields interview about them coming out to UFC Fight Week. They, uh, the, Chael Sonnen mentioned July sixth. Like he hinted at it. He didn't say anything like outright. But uh, I mean, there's usually a few things going on that week. And um, I know the one of the one of the if they do, I think the main event might be Fabiano Scherner versus uh, Gabriel Gonzaga because that that was something that they that Ashurna said he wanted. Um, but, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they come out that week. I mean, you know, Chael, that's Chael's promotion. He has to be out there. Uh, ESP. So, uh, you know, if he doesn't get blazed by <laughs> Machida in June, I, I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll get more details about that. But when he me- when he mentioned it that people started talking about it on social media, he, he dropped a hint like uh, – Almost kind of like he said he mentioned July six, um, and Gilbert Melendez said his fights all the one that Nolan Nolan King announced it, but Gilbert Melendez said he's signing his contract that night to fight uh, Arnold Allen uh, on the the UFC card. So there's definitely uh, you know people from from Suge uh, Submission Underground are going to be around all that. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's added to International Fight Week. But they advertise it so poorly, and it's been sucking so bad. They need to put something else on there, and not just one pay per view. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, and, and uh, Submission Underground's on Fight Pass now, so there's obviously a partnership mm-hmm. there. Uh, I was just curious because I was trying to figure out what day it would be because I know I, the sixth would be odd because that's the that's the that's the event day. That's UFC yeah. 39. So unless you're gonna do something in the morning, but I mean, that's drawing fans out for 12 hours of of combat and, and yeah. sure, sure I'll be there, but I, a lot of people won't Sunday seems like a bad day to do it because a lot of people are going to plan on leaving town. Going um, home, yeah. Friday is the, uh, is That's the hall of fame. Friday would work if you, if they did like a early show, like they do, you know, and then have, and then have that kind of lead into the UFC hall of fame. Mm-hmm. That would, that would be something even 4th of July doing something, maybe a, a yeah. midday kind of on the fourth, uh, having it end, you know, uh, around you know a little bit before well the fireworks in east coast would obviously be an issue but as far as the west coast or in vegas having it end maybe around 7 seven thirty, um so fans could still go to that and then and then uh, get out to the, the fireworks show if they're interested in that but um i don't know i was just curious i, I saw this, uh, i haven't been able to find any other information on that so 
I was uh, I was curious, but um, that would definitely add some flavor because it doesn't really seem like much of an international fight week, really, when there's well, you know one night of uh, one night of combat uh, scheduled right now. Uh, that's pretty much all I got, Ed. Uh, you got anything else? No, we talked about the Rochester. I mentioned the other two fights that that piqued my interest. Uh, that's ESPN Plus. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's it for me. Um, was there something? There's a there's a there's a CFFC on Saturday uh, around here. I don't know if there's anything local going on by you. There, I think there's a the LFA 66. We had Natanz on 69, right? Yeah, there. I believe there's another LFA card this weekend. I haven't looked yeah. at the entire entire schedule. Um, you know, PFL obviously had a show earlier last week. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about, but I think their next show is on the 23rd. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about that as kind of the the brackets start going and we get into the playoff season there. Um, yeah. Maybe when they come to Atlantic City and I get to them, we, we can talk more about them. There you go. So until then, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter. You can catch me at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Um, well, looks like we'll focus on UFC this weekend, Ed. So look forward to talking to you about these fights and uh, figuring out a way to you for you to watch them. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. Hey y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.